I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 248 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we tell you that it is okay to let your show go. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we talk about Samsung and podcasting. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we take listener feedback, including somebody who had a question about a spike with their metrics. Lauren, start the show now. I'm Canadian, so I love metric. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to an all-new episode of Better Podcasting. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is SP. You know, in the past week, I've been getting a little jittery. You know, a little bit. It's like I'm addicted to something, and it took me a while to figure out what it was. It was because I couldn't hear the live intro music for Better Podcasting (laughs) because we were off for a week. Yeah, if you didn't know this, we also do the Better Podcasting live chat show because we do this show bi-weekly. So every other week we do the Better Podcasting live chat show. But last week we did not do that. So if you're wondering where that was and you're a listener over there, uh, yes, we'll be back. So you can expect that next week. However, if you're not subscribing to that, we'd encourage you to go check that out. We talk about a bunch of different things happening in the world of podcasting for that week, but largely answer listener and viewer questions live or ones that are sent to us in advance. You can find that over at betterpodcasting.com. And while you're over there, why don't you hit us up with our contact information with a how I saved my podcast story. If you have had something go wrong with your podcast and you have fixed said podcast, please email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com and tell us about how you fixed your podcast so that we can include that in a future How I Saved My Podcast Story. SP, let's go ahead and get into our main segment this week. Yeah, let's go ahead. If you look back on both of our podcast history, you might see a bit of a similarity, whether it's SP's Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. at 370 or Gunna Geek Show at episode 369 or even here with Better Podcasting at episode 248. If you consider those episode counts that we just said, you might see that we have a bit of a history of continuing our podcast over a longer period of time. In fact, in the past episodes of Better Podcasting, we've even talked a little bit about different things that will help you towards the goal of keeping your podcast going over a longer period. However, we have recently noticed a bit of a trend with certain hobby podcasters, and it's that they're putting so much pressure on themselves 
to make their podcast such a long-term success that it's actually making podcasting less of an enjoyable experience for them. Which is really a problem when you consider that one of our leading beliefs for hobby podcasters is that you need to make fun a priority for your podcasting endeavor. And that's why today we want to tackle an important message. If you're having fun podcasting, it's okay if your show doesn't work out. You can always shelf your current podcast and start a new one in order to keep enjoying the podcasting process. In the past, we have covered creating a spinoff show, but we believe that this is a different and unique circumstance where you're closing one show in order to start another show. Yeah, let's begin by talking about some of the reasons why it's important to recognize that you can start a new show. First, it can allow you to frame your decisions in a very here and now position. This mindset can help keep you grounded as you develop your podcast, as you work on your podcast development. One of the problems some podcasters face when they're first starting out is focusing on the wrong things at the wrong time. For example, perhaps as a new podcaster, you're working on episode five of your show, but you're crafting plans for the 50th episode or the 100th episode, 150th episode. In our opinion, this is focusing on the wrong thing at the wrong time. Instead of working on what you need to make sure that the current episode is a success, this particular podcast is thinking of something way off into the future. But this type of misalignment mindset can even happen before somebody starts podcasting. And arguably, we've seen that happen even more frequently. An example of this mindset is that some podcasters think they need to make their show totally perfect from the start so it can last a very, very long time. This means they get stuck in a perpetual loop of not launching their podcast because something isn't just perfect. Again, they're really focusing of the wrong thing at the wrong time. And in both of the ex examples, if the podcaster instead considered that they can always start a new show, if the current one doesn't work out, it might help alleviate these hangups. Now, for example, the person holding off starting their podcast might feel less pressure to get it perfect. And this is the keeping grounded mentality that we're talking about, that you're coming from the consideration that it's okay to start a new show if your current one doesn't work out. Now, Stephen, there's another reason to, that we think it's beneficial to consider that you can start a new show. Yeah, and that's it might actually help you become more passionate about your current show. Wait, what? Considering a new show helps you be more passionate about your existing show? I know you're saying, Stephen, please explain this crazy Canadian logic. Okay, I'll do so. As podcasts go on, sometimes that initial spark that you had for your podcast might start to fizzle out. That shiny and new feel begins to wear off. If during these times you start to go through the thought exercise of considering a new podcast, it might help you get back in touch with why you are enjoying your current show. As you think about starting a new podcast and go through this thought exercise, you might start to realize that you actually have little desire to craft a new show, and instead, you just want to make modifications to your existing show to make it more enjoyable. That might be the better option. This exercise can help you realize what it is specifically that you are still passionate about with your current show 
And from there, you can start to find the things needed to reignite the spark. Heck, as you start to go through this thought exercise of starting a new show, you might see some things that seem all shiny and new for that new show that you go, wait a minute, I can just apply that to my existing show. That's where you might reignite that spark. The next benefit that we want to talk about is one that we have unfortunately seen too often. It can help you address possible co-host issues. So let's say you have a podcast with co-hosts and over time, these connections with your co-host become strained or there's little to no passion left for your co-host or co-host to continue on with the project that you have together. This is a possibility that we've actually seen with a lot of hobby podcasters. I've actually seen this myself personally multiple times on multiple shows. Multiple times? Hmm. What? Or, or should I say, who is the common thread here, Stephen? Uh, I plead the fifth. Stephen, you can't plead the fifth. You're Canadian. All right, let's just get back on topic here. In the beginning, there is a lot of excitement for everyone involved in a podcast. But as the people become involved and they become aware of everything that's involved with a podcast production process, they become less interested. The time involved away from other activities is always a consideration. The schedule to maintain to each week or season to adhere to, it's just that constant grind that we talked about before here on Better Podcasting. There is the monotonous repetition of editing for some people, and some people really enjoy it, but for a lot of people, it's an issue. And even the constant cycle involved from prep right through promotion, all of these things can cause hosts of the podcast to start to lose their passion and can cause issues with the dynamics of the podcast. If you leave the possibility open to close your show and to start a new show, either by yourself or with new co-hosts that want to continue along with the project, you no longer feel trapped in a situation that makes everyone miserable, yourself and your co-hosts included. And knowing that you can always close a show down and start a new show and keep that passion going on with everyone, even if it's just by yourself, it's just very liberating especially when you consider the legal side of things for a podcast. Starting a new show entirely can free you of possible legal baggage that the disinterested co-host might have if you continue with the current show. But as we always say here on Better Podcasting, neither of us are actually lawyers. So we'll just leave it at that and encourage you to seek legal advice as you need if you have a show that is bound to other co-hosts. And in particular, if there is money involved, you just need to get those legalities figured out. But starting a new show can just free you of that whole thing. The next benefit that we want to discuss comes when your original topic or theme of your podcast just isn't working out. Most podcasters have been here at one time or another. You have this amazing idea that you're passionate about for a podcast. Whether it's just you and your buddies talking about whatever, like Joe Rogan, or if you have this story that's been kicking around in your head for months that you want to tell, or maybe there's a great topic about something like crowd short selling brought up about by GameStop. Eventually, you might find out that talking about whatever doesn't entice listeners to subscribe because you have no personal following like Joe Rogan does, or 
your story has serious flaws in it that you figure out while producing your audio drama, or maybe the crowd-enabled investing short-selling scheme gets overtaken by industry regulations and the topic was just a flash in the pan. Maybe it's time for you to come up with a new concept, a new theme or main overall topic to your podcast and rebranding can come up with a whole new podcast altogether. If the topic is the root cause of your issue, then that means a lot of the other variables in your podcast production are probably working okay. And having the possibility to start a new podcast can keep you from having to live these failed shows any further than you need to and can, again, liberate you in to putting that creative passion elsewhere. One last example that we want to go through tonight of why it's important to recognize that you can start a new show is if you have had a life-changing event. This, quote, life-changing event, unquote, doesn't have to be anything drastic, like possibly a, a cancer diagnosis or a loss in the family, perhaps a national disaster that displaces you from your home. But it could be, not leaving that possibility out. And if this does happen, know that you can still podcast, but you very well may have to change how and why your podcast after everything settles. It's just going to be a major change for you. But let's take this in terms of the employment benefit terms of a, quote, life-changing event. It could be a marriage. It could be the birth of a new child. It could be a graduation, or maybe you're going back to school full-time. You could have a new job. You could move to another location entirely. You could get a promotion at work. A family member might be moving back into your home. Uh, raise your hand if you've had that actually happen in the last year. Okay. Or maybe your Canadian co-host has to suddenly flee his country because of his illegal maple syrup smuggling ring. So he moves into your house, but in order to keep up appearances from the Royal Canadian Maple Syrup Police, you let him take over one of your bedrooms so he can mimic his Canadian studio. That way nobody is the wiser that he's living in your house. Hypothetically speaking, of course, Stephen, are you in my house right now? Again, I plead the fifth. <sighs> now, okay. When any of these actually occur, except for the maple syrup debacle, you usually have to adjust more than just your podcasting. But after you adjust the rest of your life, you might also have to look into adjusting your podcasting. And it's important to note that stopping your show and starting a new one is an incredible option at this point. If you have a child, you might think about stopping your beer drinking podcast with your buddies to go to something like parenting tips or investigating Disney child films. Or perhaps you have a job change and you can no longer podcast on that hobby topic that you've been podcasting on for years, but it's really what you want to do. And you go to work in that area, and as a condition of employment, you can't podcast about that topic anymore. It does happen. Or maybe you have to trade in your conversation with your buddies about diving and surfing at the beach when you move across the country for hiking and mountain climbing in the Rockies. In all of these cases, you can almost always still podcast. It just might not be on the same topic you started with. And it might not be on the same type of show you've had experience with. And that is okay. The bottom line is you still have options to keep your hobby going, but under different conditions. 
Plus, in the previous example, the American, I guess me in this example, can move on to a new podcast so he no longer has a reason to keep around his Canadian co-host and can turn him into the maple syrup authorities, thus getting back his spare bedrooms. I need that number, Stephen. <laughs> so let's say that you decide that you want to start a new show. In this next section, we want to talk a little bit about some housekeeping protocols that we think you need to do and think about if you are going to end one show in order to start another. First, you'll need to go through the entire process that comes with starting a new podcast. We're talking about all the things that need to be done to launch a new podcast, both with in-show content and outside materials. Now, we won't cover everything because we've talked a lot about this subject in length before about starting a new podcast over the course of many episodes, but we do want to kind of jog your memory a little bit on some of these things that you might have done a long time ago, but take for granted because that ship sailed a long time ago, sailed away with my maple syrup, such as creating new artwork deciding what structure your show will follow, creating the intros, outros, and segment intros, and different various music interludes to your podcast, getting your hosting set up, and dealing with your web presence, whatever that might look like. All of these things that you just take for granted, you know, copy and paste, they all need to be made again and started. It's going to take a lot of time to get yourself back to that level where you can just access these resources without putting much thought into it. So you got to remember all of these things that you did a long time ago and do them again for your new podcast. So moving on with this thought, we would encourage you to definitively end your old show in your feed and in your own mind. Whether it's just a quick This Is It episode or doing a full send-off with a highlight reel, it's important that you definitely end the old show. This will help your audience understand that you've moved on and not give them a hope of return. It's amazing what a dedicated audience will think if you don't definitively and definitely end the show. We've seen this before where audiences have come back to a pod-faded show that did not definitively end. And even though it was clear it was not coming back, the audience kept asking. A simple we're done could have gone a long way. But this also serves a self-serving purpose. If you don't officially end the show, you might antagonize your audience against following you to your new show. Now, speaking of that audience, you might want to decide if you want the shows to be related or independent of each other, your old show and your new show. In the past, we've talked about creating a spin-off show and how you can leverage your existing audience. But if you've decided that it's time to start a new show and end the old one, you might actually not want to cross over the two audiences. And one of the reasons you may consider treating it as an independent endeavor is because it can help you make a clean break as you start your new show. One of the challenges that sometimes comes if you carry your audience over to your new show is that they expect you to talk about similar concepts that you have before. Heck, they might not even mean to do it, but they might start sending you feedback that encourages old discussions. I've actually created a show before where I chose not to specifically try to cross the audience over 
from one podcast to the next one. And it was important for me to create that independently, even though this show actually had some host crossover. We intentionally tried to make it launch as its own beast. And while I did post it on certain areas, I didn't do a direct attempt to go to the old show and promote the new show. I wanted it to be an independent thing. And I will say that in this experience, even though I did that, I did have a few listeners from the old show try to encourage topics on the new show and that were from the old one. And they even sometimes would give feedback and reviews, actually, that referenced the old show and old segments and things like that. So in order to combat this, as I established the new show, I never publicly acknowledged this feedback on the show. And I treated that listener as a new listener so that it would help establish itself initially on its own and market as its own independent beast. Stephen, years down the road, after you had started your new show, can you definitively say that the new show is different than the old show was? 100%. Okay, there you go. Another thing that we'd encourage to think about as you create a new show is whether you want to jump right into it or if it's given time to give yourself a bit of a break. Now, the reason we bring this up is because if you've decided that it's time to start a new show in place of your current one, there's probably an element of you that is not enjoying your current podcast endeavors. Is this the time for you to take a needed break to recharge your batteries? Now, if you decide that it is time for a break from podcasting, we encourage you to establish a timeline that you need for the break that you're taking. This will help avoid falling into the vicious cycle of making excuses of why you aren't launching your new show. As you create this timeline for your break, factor in your personal needs. You may want to give yourself some dedicated time to do nothing with your podcast development before you gradually work your way back into the development of the new show. It can be helpful to establish this timeline before you start your break so that you will have a reference to all the nitty gritty of your current development cycle while it's still fresh in your mind. If you leave set setting the break timelines until later, you might forget about all the fine details that come with running a podcast on a day-to-day -day basis or a week-to-week -week basis or a season-to-season -season basis. And you might not give yourself a realistic timeline. It's easy to get caught up in the buzz of launching your new podcast and forget about that nitty-gritty. And the next thing you know, you've set an unrealistic timeline because you didn't factor in all those fine details involved with the development cycle, which might be one of the reasons why you're starting a new show to begin with. Now, the next decision that we think you should consider is what you're going to try to do to make the next show more enjoyable. Right, Stephen? Yeah, this will usually start with analyzing what you're currently doing with your current podcast and assessing what doesn't work for, for you. And of course, considering what does work well for your podcast. This process can not only help you weed out that baggage, the things that are making you not have fun with your podcast, but it also might help you realize that the change that's needed for your new podcast is actually pretty straightforward. Maybe the problem with your current show is that there's something completely out of your control that's made it less fun. Let's say that you started a sports-based podcast. At the time, you were really into said sports team. However, things have changed, and now the sports team just isn't giving you much 
to talk about each episode, like no longer even able to support that team anymore. <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> Maybe all you need to do is choose a different topic and many of those other variables for your podcast will still work. This makes the process of launching your new podcast significantly easier and it also helps reassure you that one of the driving reasons that you stopped enjoying your current podcast was no fault of your own. However, if you do identify things that were within your control that weren't working anymore and were making things less fun, try to decide if there is any merit to keeping these as you move to your new podcast. And if so, how are you going to alleviate the obstacles that were dragging you down? Maybe you have a fan feedback segment in your current podcast, and you think that as a whole, this will actually add a lot of value to your new podcast. But with your current show, you're just finding that it takes a lot to source relevant feedback that you can present in your show in a fun, positive, encouraging manner for your audience. Maybe you need to come up with a more focused way to solicit that feedback and set the expectations differently on how much feedback you're going to bring into each episode. Maybe it's not even each episode. Maybe it's every few weeks. You got to set the more realistic goals for that feedback in order to have more fun with that segment. Now, this time in between your old show and your new show might be an excellent time to modernize your show. Look, things change in podcasting infrastructure spaces all the time. Heck, since we started Better Podcasting in 2015, the professional podcasting space has exploded. There have been several new podcast media hosting companies on the scene. New community technologies such as Discord have been introduced to podcasting. And new distribution methods have become commonplace, such as listening to your show via the CarPlay and the Android Auto in your car. So as you tr transition, you should reevaluate everything with how you podcast. Does your podcast gear still meet the needs of your new show or maybe you need to upgrade? Is there a better media hosting service to develop your RSS feed and host your content with? Is your podcast studio still relevant or does it need a makeover? Are you adding or subtracting video elements? Very important there. Maybe it's time to start social media accounts in new platforms you haven't been on before like Instagram and TikTok. You never ventured there before with your old show. Is the way that you are promoting your show in need of updates? Now spend some time to look around and see what's out there. You might find tools and techniques that will make your new show more enjoyable or maybe even apply to your old show if you decide to keep that going. Remember when Steven talked about that earlier. Now this can also be a great opportunity to take some time in between shows to learn a new skill. Look at how you are producing your show today and think to yourself, if there is one thing that you could learn to make your show better. So now is the perfect time in between your old show and your new show to learn that new skill. Did somebody do all the editing before and they're not involved in your new show? Look in how to edit YouTube videos or even something like Skillshare. It's not a sponsor of this show, but I hear it enough on YouTube channels and other podcasts. I know you can find a Skillshare discount code somewhere, and I know they have courses on stuff like editing and podcasting and YouTube channels. Were you stymied promoting your old show because you had no idea how to make graphics? 
Maybe it's time to set aside a few weeks and learn how to do it. Are you clueless about audio recording hardware because your buddy took care of it before, even if it was your equipment? Now it's time to learn how to operate the gear you have correctly. Do you want to improve your interviewing skills? There's definitely online classes for that, books to read, and podcasts to listen to that make you a better interviewer. Maybe you decide now is the best time to listen to the entire back catalog of better podcasting. And to that, I say one thing, RIP Blap. A lot of people take some time in between projects to explore something new, even in their professional careers. And now would be the perfect time to do it with your hobby podcasting endeavors as you're switching from one show to another. And a final word on what to have in mind as you are transitioning to a new show is to think about how you want the new show to end. Yes, the new show. You've already been through it once. More than likely, you will eventually be facing a similar issue. While the process of closing down your first show is fresh in your mind, think about everything that would make it easier and that is under your control to think about the next show and how it's going to end. Are you going to want this new show on the internet for a long time after you pod fade? What is the ownership of the new show going to look like with your new show's team? If you have a team, of course. How will you back up your files and how long do you want to keep those files? And what do you want to cover in the new show between when you start and when you end the show? If it's an audio drama, where do you want the story to go? Think about these and many other considerations at this time, especially since you are just going through closing down the show right now. But as we alluded to earlier, you already have an existing framework that you may be able to start with. So as you start your new show, what can you do to make this transition easier? First, let's get this out of the way. Make the break with your old show and do not look back. When some people decide to move on to another show, they sometimes feel a sense to keep their current podcast going until they're ready to make the transition. Generally speaking, we'd recommend you end your current show as soon as possible. This will allow you to focus on creating the newer show and, of course, starting to build that passion for your new podcast. If you try to split your time, you're not only going to be spending value of time on a show that you know is ending, but you might also wear yourself so thin that you lose passion for both Podcasts, And I do have a personal story here. I actually had to do this with Voices of Defiance. It's a show I did with two co-hosts that I had that I knew for several years. It was about the sci-fi show Defiance and the video game Defiance that came out. There was a ton of stuff that we could have done with that show after the Defiance show ended on the sci-fi network. We could have made it into a general sci-fi show. I could have gone into a, a video game only show at that point in time. Just, just a lot of stuff that I could have done with that show. I decided with my co-host, by the way, it was a mutual decision that we were going to end the show so we could move on to other projects. And all three of us moved on to other projects. The other project that I moved on from Voices Defiance was better podcasting. Of course, that's just because you wanted a little bit of my lucrative illegal maple syrup business. That's why you did that. I didn't know it was illegal at the time. <laughs> Another way that you might be able to make it easier is by setting up your production flow to your new show in a similar manner to your old one. Obviously, you need to make the changes we spoke to earlier, but if you can keep some things the same, it's less you have to learn over. Here's an example. If you're starting a new podcast, do you really want to start using new editing software right now? 
You've already found a rhythm of editing with your current software. Maybe you give yourself a running start on the new show by using the old editing software. And then when you've locked in that routine, you take on that challenge to learn a new one. I know I just said that you can take the time off to learn a new skill, but perhaps this is just something that you can leverage to make the whole transition easier. We also think it's worth considering that you might actually be able to leverage some of your fan base. Wait, what? More conflicting information? Yes, we know earlier we talked about the benefits of creating a clean break, and we do stand behind those. There are circumstances where you want to make a clean break. But we would be remiss if we didn't mention that there are other situations where you actually can leverage that current fan base, especially if topics are really, really different. While there is the obvious mentioning of it when you close your old podcast mentioning the new show, we do want to highlight that you can even kind of subtly bring that fan base in by, by mentioning your new podcast off the podcast through things like social media. So you probably have some of your listeners following you on any active social media accounts that you have. And so when you launch, you'll blast that on social media. And that might allow you to leverage some of that old audience. Again, you'll need to know which is the right decision for your podcast. And there are times that you may want to make that clean break, but there's other times that you want to try to leverage your old audience. Heck, even just doing something simple like on your social media saying, I've started a new podcast or here's the new chapter in my podcasting endeavors might get a few people to check that out that are interested in you. Of course, avoid inferring that it is the same show because that might not only lead to disappointment by that audience when they come and check out the new show, but again, it might encourage them to bring up stuff from your past. So in summary, there are many reasons that you might benefit from starting a new podcast. And there are many reasons that you might be able to make the process a lot easier than when you started your current podcast. There are many challenges that also come with starting a podcast. We all know this, that are podcasting already, and a ton of baggage that comes when you have to end your current podcast to start a new one. If you find yourself still being passionate about podcasting, but not so passionate about your current podcast, we hope that today's episode has given you some food for thought to help keep your podcasting endeavors alive. And if you ever need a soundboard to weigh some of your pros and cons of starting a new podcast, why don't you come over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. There are a lot of great podcasting minds in there that might be able to help you work through your situation through an online conversation. And as soon as the maple syrup authorities let me go, I'll weigh in too. This is the Better Podcasting Download. So over this past week, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded last, but just in the last week, there's been a new podcasting destination that we were made aware of. It is part of the Samsung podcasting app or Samsung free app, basically in the U.S. Basically, it's this Additional bloatware on Samsung phones, and, and this is important because Samsung does sell a lot of phones, right? So it's a bloatware, and I don't use an Android phone today, but I have used Android phones in the past. Matter of fact, I've used a Samsung phone in the past. I'm aware that they do have Android bloatware on them. <laughs> uh, but this is 
really interesting that they decided to put a podcast app as part of that Samsung free app. So I've got a ton of questions from this. What, what does this mean to Samsung? Is Google Podcasts not working for them? Do, do they need another way to do it in order to enhance people to come to their phones versus iPhones? I mentioned bloatware before. I know it's an issue with Samsung phones. Why did Samsung want to throw something else out there for this? This also comes with the fact that it's another new destination with separate approvals necessary. And to my knowledge, there's only been a couple of media host providers so far with that access right now. So if you're not one in with one of those host media providers, you're not getting in to the really small architecture they have now of existing shows. And, and these are high profile shows, by the way, from publishers like American Public Media, CNN, iHeartRadio, NPR, Podcast One. Not a single like hobby podcast provider in that little realm like there. So I just have one question at the end of this. Is this a win or not for the hobby podcaster? As you know, as long as you eventually can get your show in there sometime in the next six, nine months. Okay. I think it's okay, especially if people start using it because of those other shows. But I think this is a little bit of step back for hobby podcasters because right now there's no way to get your hobby podcast in there. So yeah. Stephen, what do you think about this whole thing? Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of hosts talk about how, uh, and media hosts talk about how you can now send to Samsung. Um, I don't know not a lot about this, but the whole concept of Samsung doing its own thing separate from Google even though they're running Android, is not a new concept. Uh, Google has its own voice assistant. So does Samsung. It's called Bix Bixby, I believe, hmm. is the name of it, right? So Samsung has, for a while, run their own thing. It's the same thing with, I think, their messages app, like their text messages app, is, I believe, its own um, Samsung product as opposed to the Google-provided one. And I, and I say this because like when Google has rolled out new features to the, quote, messages part on Android, a lot of those work out to Samsung. It might, it might have uh, crossed back since that happened, but it's not a new concept, Samsung doing their own thing. So I'm not surprised that they want more control. I would like to personally know what the metrics are with this destination. How many people are going to be going to the Samsung app to get their podcasts. I think when we look at things like Spotify, where we have seen anecdotally, anecdotally people just going to Spotify because they had uh, Spotify subscriptions already, I'd like to know, are people really just going to the Samsung app all the time? And, and it's going to be something that does take off, or is it just one of those things where Samsung wants to try to get in on it? Um, on the flip side, I, I do have to say, I like that somebody is controlling their destination and not just hooking into the Apple API. That's been such a, a common thing for so long where companies just go into the Apple Podcast API. And I've talked about my concerns. And if you want to check out a more lengthy discussion about this, go to our Discord server because we recently had one. I have concerns on that. So I do like the fact that there is a big player that is doing their own, uh, I'll call it a destination or their own library. 
and they're controlling it themselves. I, I do like that. I don't think the Google podcast method does work the best right now. So I'm okay with this, but I hope that they do open it pretty quick. In the past, we've seen things like this happen where there have been exclusives with certain media hosts and they did open up. I think Spotify was one of them where they did eventually open up general submission. And let's hope that they do this pretty soon because there are lots of people who aren't going to want to submit through their media hosts. There's too many situations in the past where they've been burned by that. So I am looking forward to seeing where this goes, but I almost think at the end of it, this is probably going to be like so many other destinations that big media hosts have touted a, a nothing fat, a, a nothing burger. The one thing that I'll say that I can understand where Samsung is coming from is that in iOS, you have the podcast app. So I could see how Samsung would want their own. It's not a podcast app. It's part of a app infrastructure, the free app infrastructure. So it's part of that. It's not a app specifically for podcasting, at least as far as I could tell. I'll do a little bit more research into it as much as I can without having a, a current uh, Android device to, to look into. But I could see them wanting to have a directory like Apple Podcasts on board so that they can distinguish themselves. And quite frankly, they have one heck of a, a market share in the United States and worldwide. So if you can funnel people into podcasts from there, that'd be great. My only consideration still is that the limitation to hobby podcasters versus mm. the professional podcasters or the podcast industry itself, as it clearly looks like now. It's just to consider it. We'll keep our eyes on this. If something develops, we'll uh, definitely mention again, because that's why this download segment exists. But I'm a little dubious right now from the hobby podcaster standpoint on this. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. You know, Stephen, I need to look into if there's been any studies about when Canadians consume maple syrup and how it slows down their brain. <laughs> well, if this example, if this show is an example, then it definitely is the case. Uh, however, we had a couple of pieces of feedback that we just wanted to highlight this week. We actually had quite a bit of stuff happening, including what I just mentioned a minute ago over on our Discord server. So check that out. But we just wanted to pick out a couple this week. The first is we had Jonas Badger say, is anyone submitting their podcast to competitions? If so, which ones? I thought this was interesting because I feel a little bit, and this is just my personal feeling, I feel a little bit like that whole open competition thing that we had a few years ago ha has really faded and is more focused around the big players now. It seems less like there's there's this big open book of places for independents and hobbyists to submit their stuff. What do you think about that, SP? It's definitely feeling like that. If you take a look at some of the YouTube channels out there, there is actually some really good productions on YouTube that are done by independent uh, producers but you won't see them in the Grammys or the Oscars or in any of those big uh, award shows that you see on TV. You just don't. And I think podcasting has finally gotten to that point where there's just enough money in the space for those that control or fund or support these award shows that they're going to reward the corporations out there. And I think there's also 
a perception, real or not, that if you have a staff of 50, you can make a better podcast than a staff of one or five or something like that uh, out of somebody's house sort of thing. So there's definitely a mindset with the industry going on there. And they're trying to create buzz uh, to get more money and, and stuff like that. So, yes, I think there's been a change just in the past three years or so on that. Uh, John S. Badger, by the way, he's the producer for the audio drama, which I've been talking about for quite some mm. time. That episode that I was on is out. It's the Mercury Theater podcast. So that is a specific example of a niche. So he would probably want to find audio drama competitions out there to go and submit his show to. I know there's several out there. I don't know them off the top of my head, but if you can find them and what he's doing is he's doing the right thing. He's asking a podcast community, Hey, what do you know? Where's there's competitions out there that I can submit to. I think we need to regrow that independent hobbyist or people that are independent that want to be professional. We need to regrow those competitions so that you can get the notoriety that you really deserve because there's a lot of great. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I heard that there's over 2 million podcasts and I, probably over uh, 700,000 active podcasts now in Apple Podcasts. That's a lot of competition out there. And if you can do stuff to stand above the crowd there, that's in effect promoting your show. And, and why not? If you're putting in the work, as a lot of people are, they're putting in the work, they're doing fantastic stuff. There's audio dramas that I listen to that I just, shake my head about how great it is because I know it's somebody with less experience than me who is just putting in the work and they have a phenomenal story that they're telling. They get the actors together and they just do it. And I'm just amazed at the production. My jaw drops sometimes when I'm listening to these and they should be rewarded. So if anybody has an example of a podcast awards that kind of cater to the independents or the hobbyists, please let us know and we will get it out to there. And then to John Badger specifically, if you have an example of an audio drama competition, please let us know and we will either get it to him or go ahead and just message him directly or, or come into our discord and tell everybody because there's more than John in there yeah. asking the same question. Uh, SP, you mentioned there's over 700,000 active podcasts. Are these podcasts that are like about fitness or are these people that are being active while they're podcasting or is this podcast where the listeners are being active while they're listening. Wh which version of, of active is this? I think it's all of the above, actually. But that's, that's a good point. It's a good point. So I've heard different, different definitions, and I can't remember where I heard this latest statistic, so I'm not going to quote it specifically. But it usually has to deal with episodes that have been released in the last, like, 90 days or something like that. So if you haven't had an episode released in the last 90 days, you're not really considered an active podcast. So it's not about fitness. Oh. Well, it could be, I guess. Uh, and the second thing that we wanted to highlight right now, which is uh, something that I, I think SP will maybe share a little story about off of our Discord that's related. We had Current say, Has anyone else seen an unusual spike in Amazon Music download numbers? Uh, this is pretty interesting because if you don't know, I am also a moderator of a subreddit called r slash podcasting on Reddit. And I've been seeing a lot of posts about this as well over there. I responded to a couple of them and I looked into them and usually it's somebody that doesn't have an IAB certified hosting provider. So the uh, stats provider is not filtering out multiple downloads from different places that they probably should be. 
but there definitely has been some spikes in Amazon Music. So I think what Amazon Music is doing, and I don't know what their process or algorithm is, but it's definitely Amazon Music. They're going out and they're hitting a feed, perhaps hitting a specific episode. And I don't know if it's somebody that's playing it on their Amazon device or if somebody's uh, subscribing to the show and it's just continually hitting it instead of a, a stream download or something like that. And the uh, algorithm that the stats provider has is just not filtering out. Mm. So it's a combination of, of both things. It's an algorithm that's not working correctly. And it's Amazon Music that is actively hitting the same show or episode over and over again that's driving things up. And we actually, to be perfectly honest, a couple of years ago, uh, before we had IAB certified stats and on my other shows, I noticed that Amazon music had, uh, excessive downloads, but those have all, all filtered out because on the shows that I pay attention to the downloads for, I use an IAB podcast measurement guideline 2.0 certified provider. So in some way, I think that got filtered out for the rest of everybody, but Amazon music must be doing something differently because I have definitely noticed a difference because not only in our Discord, but over on the podcasting subreddit, there's been posts about mm -hmm. it. So have you seen this? Please let us know. We'd love to know um, if you've encountered this as well. And if so, what media host provider ha are you using? Because we'd like to know if there is a commonality there. Now, before we go, SP, I got a little personal request I want to throw out there. I, I want to okay. open this up to the creative minds of our listenership. There's a lot of creative minds in our listeners. <laughs> so last week, I had the week off. I had some vacation time to burn, and so I had to use it. And we started to paint our living room. Now, here's the situation. I know, I'm talking about painting on a podcast, about podcasting. I've mentioned this before. The way that my house is configured, Wait, I... This isn't a paint drying story, is it? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. I could turn it into one, but no, I'll leave it at that for now. So anyways, uh, the way my house is configured, I am on the bottom floor and right above me is my living room. It is laminate flooring in my living room. So a long time ago, basically many, many years ago, I, I, we put a carpet in to that living room. Nice little area rug looked nice. And when I started podcasting and the kids got a little bit louder, I ended up putting a few foam tiles a lot of foam tiles underneath the area rug to help sort of dampen some of the noise, people walking around and things like that. So while we were painting, we pulled out the area rug and my wife and I both went, wow, this looks really nice. I think we want to leave it without the area rug. But the problem is there is a hollow space now between the floor above me and my podcast space. So if you drop anything, it is very, very loud as it hits that laminate flooring and echoes through that void. So I want to know, what sort of things do people think about this? Should I just suck up the visual, put the area rug back with foam tiles? Is there something I'm missing to renovate the studio space? Is there the D kids banging the laminate floor button that I'm missing? I would love to know what does the audience think and and please please let me know over on the Discord server so that we can encourage people over there actually as well or if you can hit me up on Twitter but I'd love to have this turn into a bigger conversation and then maybe other people will share their 
noise problems and we can help everybody solve their noise problems. So a couple of clarifying questions and statements here. I know for a fact that in the room that you are in right now, it is finished. It is a finished room with a ceiling in it. So there's no way that you can get into the space in between the subfloor and your ceiling without taking down your ceiling and putting insulation in there. So that's pretty much a no-go because that's a major modification. The other thing that I'm just going to make a comment on or perhaps ask a question, you said you had laminate flooring. Is this the laminate flooring without the rubber water vapor on the bottom? Well, this was a mass contractor built neighborhood. So it's the cheapest laminate flooring probably that you could find. Okay. So definitely, yes. Missing well, that. that could, they could be considered cheap. It, <laughs> it depends. I know that they make like wood flooring or wood engineered flooring right now that has foam on the bottom that it's not like sound deadening foam, but it's really meant to protect that laminate flooring or that wood flooring on a basement. So mm. if the basement floods or whatever, that you don't have to pick up the flooring or it won't damage the the subfloor underneath or or whatever there. So I know they make that. I don't think that would add a lot of sound insulation, but it would add a little. And again, you're talking about a major home modification. Yeah. I know people do flooring all the time, but let's face it, uh, redoing flooring on an entire floor of a house like yours is going to run somewhere between five and $15,000. It depends on uh, what sort of material you have, if you do it yourself, you do your contractor, stuff like that. So that's probably not going to happen either. So with those two caveats and the fact that you have a door to your office, I think we have to mention that mm. in your podcasting space. So it is enclosed. It's not like you have an open doorway to the upstairs there, right? Well, if you come to visit, I will have an open door policy for you for sure. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So those, if you're going to help Steven and provide suggestions for Steven in this scenario, then you have to take those things into consideration as well. So I want to know what the thoughts are. Uh, We do stream the show live on Tuesdays. Well, we're recording Better Podcasting or Better Podcasting live chat on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern at Geeks.Live. And we have in the chat a few things coming in, but I'll just highlight one right now. Bangs Naughty Bits is suggesting that I shock mount the kids. Now, in the past, he's talked about, I think, shock collars for the kids, but I like this idea. This is like uh, like a microphone shock mount, but for the kids. That's a good idea. Is the microphone shock mount electrified? <laughs> so please come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. But that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of the show. I know SP mentioned it a little bit earlier, but give it one more double tap there about your audio drama. I was so pleased. I listened to this and I was just so thankful that the quite frankly, professionally trained John Badger and the other actors, the voice actors that I played in this audio drama with had me on there. It is quite obvious. There is a, a eon of experience and and uh, capability between me and everybody else. But I had a blast on this audio drama recording this one episode. It's just a one-off 30-minute episode, and I play Harrison in it. So if you want to check it out, you can catch it at Mercury Theater Podcast, and it is the Phoenix episode. I I was really happy that it came out. So yes, I, I got my debut, and if you listen to the episode, you know that I need a lot of vocal training, and 
I'm prepared to take some time off from this podcast, perhaps, and and uh, train myself so I can go into my audio drama career eventually. All right, so that's gonna go ahead and do it. So for episode two forty eight of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen Chandrews saying what? I have to start referring to SP as Harrison Ford now. And I'm SP saying, okay, enough of the maple syrup jokes. We'll see everybody in two weeks. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.